Hello, real life friends and family. So glad to be celebrating this Christmas season with you. Merry Christmas to you and your family as we are preparing for this great celebration that we all enjoy this, uh, this time of year. Uh, we're in a series called For God So Loved. And I want to remind you today, you are so loved by God. You're not just loved, you are so loved. The Bible says that God so loved us that he gave. He gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him uh, and trust in him would not perish but have everlasting life. This really is the beginning point, Christmas, of the revelation of God's love for us. When he showed up, when God gave and Jesus came, Jesus came to us and in our first week looking at this series, Jesus came to us just as we are in our darkness, in our mess, in our sin, in our rebellion, and he came to rescue us, to save us, not to condemn us, but to save us. And so this is the beginning of the revelation of God's love for us. And then last week we looked at how God has redeemed us out of this kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, how he has brought us from death into life, and how he has created uh, a, a lifestyle of abundance for each and every one of us where we can be, un the, the sin and the pain and the darkness in our lives can be undone and fully redeemed because Jesus paid his life. He paid the debt of death that we all owed. He gave his life so that we could have life, that we could be exchanged uh, with that life that he has. And so today I want to also mention that we are so loved uh, by the action that God has done for us. He came, he redeemed. Today I want to talk about forgiveness. He forgave. He forgave. So here's what the scriptures say. I'm going to put on some sin. It's not very difficult to put on sin because I'm pretty used to it. So are you, right? The Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that we have all sinned. Each of us, like sheep, we have gone our own way. And yet the good news is that there is forgiveness for our sin. There's forgiveness for the sin that we've done unintentionally. There's forgiveness for the sin that we have done intentionally, uh, for our worst sins, for the little ones, the big ones. There is forgiveness for us because God so loved us. Jesus so loves us that he offers us forgiveness because he paid for our sins. And if we choose to trust in him as Lord and Savior, the Bible says all of our sins are forgiven. So forgiveness is the release from guilt and shame that we need, that we desperately need. Our souls are plagued with regret and shame and guilt. And we all have that condition. And we know there's this, uh, there's this thing that's just wrong. And, it, and we feel shame. We feel guilt. We feel condemnation. We feel regret all the time. And there is a way to be free from that. And it is through the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers each and every one of us who will believe in him, who will trust in him. Because our sins have literally been paid for. I'm going to show you that through the scriptures. All of your sins have literally been paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus became the atonement sacrifice for our sins. So we no longer have to pay for our sin or our mistakes. We can stop punishing ourselves. We can stop, ju stop judging ourselves and stop judging one another because of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. 
This is a, a memory verse I have for you for this week. It is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It's a powerful verse. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There was this amazing exchange that takes place when Jesus Christ um, offered himself for you and for me. And he provided forgiveness for our sins. When we choose to trust in him, there is this exchange. Our guilt, our shame, our sin is placed on him and we receive his righteousness. It's kind of like this. I'm wearing some symbols of sin. I don't know what your greatest sin is. I don't know what all your sins are. But, you know, we have a lot in common. We are both sinners. We both have messed up. And we have some huge regrets in our lives. Every one of us do. But through the scriptures, I want to share with you what happened. Colossians chapter 2. It says, while you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. It says, he forgave us all our sins. Not just some of them. All of them. Even this one. I remember being a thief when I was a kid. I got caught by my mom stealing some candy out of a store. I remember the immediate like, shame that I felt when I got caught. And the shame I felt when I had to go to the manager of the store and apologize and give the candy back. That shame was all over me. The Bible says he forgave us of all of our sins. Listen to this. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. How did he do that? It says here, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. All of my sin, all of your sin, was taken off of us, just like I have been doing for these last couple of minutes. God has taken our sin off of us and placed them on Jesus. And so these sins of mine and the sins of yours, I remember lying one time and I got caught by my dad in a lie. I was very little and uh, when I got caught lying to my dad, I don't even remember what it was about, I, but I remember the feeling that I had of guilt and disappointment that I disappointed my dad. He, was, he wasn't just like angry, he was disappointed in me. And I could tell it really harmed him. And, and I thought, wow, this is something I don't ever want to do again. But I remember the feelings of, of disappointment and regret. And Jesus took my lie. And, and God took that lie, that sin, off of me and put it on Jesus. Jesus took that. He bore that for me. And it says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, all of these sins that stood against us, Jesus made a public spectacle of them out in front of everybody. He wore our sin and he triumphed over them by the cross. And so when these sins were placed on Jesus, Jesus took them to the cross and he paid for them. He paid for these sins. Just like the Lamb of God, like John the Baptist said, Behold, look at him, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin 
of the world. The Bible says these sins were placed upon Jesus. He took them upon himself. He went to the cross and he gave his life. And when he was dripping his blood, his life source, right? When he was dripping his blood, he was paying for each and every one of your sins and my sins. So I am telling you right now, according to the scriptures, according to the spiritual legal indebtedness that we had because of our sin, it has been paid for, therefore, by faith in Jesus. Everyone who places their faith in Jesus and trusts in him as their savior is also coming under the forgiveness that he purchased for us. So we are forgiven. There isn't any sin that is not forgiven now in your life if you've placed your faith in Jesus. Yes, you still remember it. You might still feel bad for it, but you are forgiven. There is no other price tag that you have to pay. And so that's what I want to share with you today. This is what Paul says in Acts chapter 13, verses 38 to 39. He says, therefore, my friends, I want you to know that through Jesus, through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Let me say that again. Through him, everyone who believes is set free from every sin. Are you a believer? If you are a believer, you are set free from every sin. This is good news. This is great news. This is how much God loves you. You are so loved that Jesus didn't just come. He didn't just uh, redeem you out of a, a, a place of darkness and brokenness and death, but he has forgiven you. He has forgiven you of all of your sins and he paid the price for your forgiveness and for your release from the feelings of guilt, shame, and condemnation and regret. You no longer have to carry that burden any longer. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 12 to 14 says, When this priest, Jesus, had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, after he did this, he sat down at the right hand of God in heaven. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. And verse 14 says, For by one sacrifice, he, Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So, there's two things going on here. Number one, because of the sacrifice, you are perfect perfectly righteous. When my sins were taken off of, off of me onto Jesus and he paid for them, he took something off of him and put it on me. And that is righteousness. I no longer have any sin. It's all forgiven. Now I have what Jesus was before God. He was the beloved son who was well-pleasing to God and who was right standing righteousness before God. Now I, through Christ, am right before him. There's no longer any sin on me. Yes, I'm not perfect, though, in terms of my behaviors, but I am perfect in terms of forgiveness. I am perfectly made righteous with God, but the Bible says he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So I'm still in a process of becoming more like Jesus. 
I still may sin, but I am not held to that punishment of sin anymore. Now, I can live in a perpetual state of forgiveness as I catch up to my true identity as a child of God, fully forgiven, deeply loved, and highly favored by, by Him. And that's who you are, too. That's who I am. So I want to talk about seven things that God does with our sin. This is just a, an incredible list. God does more things than this. But here's seven. Seven things out of the Scriptures that God does with our sin. And my hope is through this message, you begin to get a release from any shame or guilt or condemnation or regret that has been holding you down, beating you up, and making you depressed or feeling unworthy before God. Okay, that's the goal of this message is that you will receive the true forgiveness of God and be released from shame and guilt and condemnation in Jesus name. So, Lord, I pray that that happens as we look at your word together. As my friend listens to these verses, Lord, I pray for your spirit to come and set us free from the spirit of heaviness, the spirit of shame and condemnation, which is not from you, Lord. That's not the spirit from God. That's not the Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit convicts us that we are right before you through the blood of Jesus. May we listen to you today, Lord, and be set free. In Jesus' name, join me in saying amen. 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 So be it. So number one, God does seven things here to, with our sin. Number one, he casts it. He hurls it. He tosses it. Micah 7.19 says, You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Man, that's awesome. God just takes our sin, balls it up, and just chucks it. Chucks it into the depths of the sea. Number two, he washes it. Isaiah 118, come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. God scrubs us clean scrubs us so clean that what was dirty and filthy and, and ugly is pure and white. Number three, God purifies our sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Everybody say all. All unrighteousness, not just most. And like, oh, he's looking at the list. And he's like, oh, let's see. Oh, no, this one's too bad. I'm not going to, I can't, I don't have enough detergent to get rid of this sin. Or, oh, well, this one, oh, this one's really, no. Yeah, you, boy, you really messed up when you did this. I can't cover that. That's a little bit too big of a stain. No. The Bible says all of our sin is cleansed. We are cleansed from all unrighteousness. There is nothing that you have done that hasn't been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how much God loves you. That's how loved we are. Number four, God chooses to forget our sin. Hebrews 10, 17, their sins and lawless acts, I will remember no more. God just erases his memory. God doesn't even remember your sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. Selective amnesia. God forgets it. And you say, well, yeah, but I haven't forgotten. No, you haven't forgotten. And neither has who else? Your enemy, the devil, right? So the devil, who is in Hebrew, ha-satan, which means the accuser, 
He keeps coming back and reminding you, and he's like, ah, and he tries to take this off the cross, if you will, and tries to put it back on us. And like, oh, yeah, but you're just a selfish person. All you are is about you. Look how bad of a person you are. Or maybe, uh, you know, we've tried to change, but we still have moments, and, you know, we do one of these things that, oh, look how greedy you are. You're so selfish. You're so greedy, or you're, you're just a mean person, or whatever the sin might be. And he reminds us and he points a finger at us and accuses us so that we will feel shame. Shame on you. Shame on you. But the Bible says that God has paid, Jesus has paid for this sin, that it's on the cross, it's nailed to the cross. The legal indebtedness that we had here, the obligation has been settled. It has been uh, filed in the folders and it is over. And we are forgiven and God has forgotten about it. So when you are being reminded of these things, it's not coming from God. It's coming from a different spirit, an evil spirit, trying to put shame back on you. Number five, God removes it. Psalm 103 verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. Isn't that awesome? Number six, he forgives it. Of course, we're talking about forgiveness this whole time. Colossians 1, verses 13 to 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He says, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Number seven, this is a new one for me. I just noticed this one this week. Job 14, 17 says, My transgression is sealed up in a bag, <laughs> and you wrap up my iniquity. He covers it up. He wraps it up. He seals it up. He conceals our sin. And I think he does that one first, and then he chucks it, right? <laughs> so when we put all of this together, God casts it, washes it, purifies, forgets it, removes it, forgives it, bags it up, seals it up. He takes it away. He defeats it. He destroys it. Listen, I hope that you're getting the message loud and clear. It is no longer yours to carry. And God wants you to be free from shame and guilt as a result of the sin that you have experienced. That's why Paul says this in Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no more guilt upon us for those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus because it was all dealt with at the cross. Hallelujah. So I want to just drill into your spirit today two really important truths. Number one, forgiveness is the gift that God gives to us to release us from guilt and shame. We've all felt that. I shared with you a couple of quick stories in my own childhood of how I just felt shame come upon me and just terrible guilt come upon me. God doesn't want us to live that way. He doesn't want us to live in regret. It, it stifles us. It hampers us. And we're not a beacon of light or hope or love to other people when we are under a cloak of shame and guilt and condemnation. So God forgives us so we will be free from that. We don't need to pay for our sins anymore. Feeling unworthy, living with shame, living with guilt, feeling condemned, um, accepting labels from the past as our current identity, all of these things are a wrong understanding 
of forgiveness because God truly has forgiven us. Some of us, we punish ourselves when we don't understand how much God has forgiven us. And living in shame is not humility. Living in shame is, sh is a shackle. It's a bondage that limits us. Living in shame is not listening to God. It's listening to the devil. It's being under his influence. Living in shame shackles you from abundant life and a fruitful life serving God and loving other people. Shame holds glory back from Jesus because in a sense, shame is saying, well, Jesus didn't really do enough at the cross because I feel like I should have to pay for this one a little bit more than what he did. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in shame and this is going to be part of my identity. I'm just going to always identify with this broken part of my life. But when you understand Jesus paid for this, then you can, through the power of the Spirit of God, you can let it hang up here and stop hanging around your neck. And you can be free, not just free from the shame, but you can be healed from that addiction. You can be healed from that sin. And that's the whole power of forgiveness is it sets us free. Sets us free from the sin. Sets us free from that label. Sets us free from that pain and that hurt. So the devil is lying about this all the time to us, saying you're not good enough, but if you did this or if you did that, and he tries to get us into this religious routine of somehow jumping through some hoops to pay for our sin, but our sin is already paid for. It's already paid for. That's such good news. How many people have gone through this type of experience of feeling shame about things and then they come to a church maybe and they feel or hear a message that shame on you, right? You should be doing better. You should be doing more. But that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's never been about us trying to toe the line or getting better or being more religious or, or giving more or doing more. All of those more things, doing and giving and all that stuff, all of that stuff comes as a result of what God does in our life. It, it isn't what we are supposed to do to come to God. We come to God as a mess. We come to God with our sin. The Bible says God demonstrates his love towards us in this. While we were yet sinners, while we had all these issues, right? Christ died for us. While we needed him to die for us, he died for us. Not when we got our act together. Not when we started to become better. It's never about religion and doing and not doing the right things or the wrong things. It's about knowing Jesus, trusting in Jesus, and he paid for these things so I could be free from them. And then it's the love of God birthed in our hearts that causes us to be transformed. One piece at a time, one issue at a time, his love transforms us. God so loves you, he has forgiven you. He has released you from that spirit of guilt and shame. And so that's how our church is too here at Real Life. We're not preaching religion. We're preaching a relationship with a God of love, a God of grace, a God who leads us into truth that sets us free and maintains our freedom, a God who loves us. If you've been burnt by religion, if you've gone to church and felt worse about yourself when you left, come to Real Life so you can hear the gospel that God wants you to hear, that he loves you. It's never been about you getting your act together. It's always been about us humbling ourselves and realizing we need a Savior and we trust in Jesus. And he does the work of transformation in our lives. 
as his love takes over. And that's the good message for you. Please, if you have tasted of religion and you felt worse about it, that wasn't an encounter with God. That was an encounter with religion. You need an encounter with Jesus. Okay? And today you can have that. It says, we have, in my notes I put down this, we have confidence that our sin, all of it, has been thoroughly and completely paid for with the blood of the Son of God. There is no debt left outstanding. God has forgiven you completely through faith in Jesus Christ. You may not be perfect yet, but you are progressing, right? And God is at work in your life and transforming our identity from the old person that we used to be, the, the fallen person, the greedy person, the liar, the rebel, uh, the cheater, you know, a selfish person, all the different sins of our past, the different labels people put on us, all the mistakes that we made. He is transforming us from that old identity into the new identity as a child of God. That our identity now is in Christ and he is working some things out of us and working some things in us. And that's the process of reconciliation and redemption and restoration and salvation, right? But your sins are forgiven. It's so important that you know that your sins are forgiven so that you can leave those on the cross and you begin to walk into freedom and wholeness. Uh, but also, my second thing I want to share with you is that forgiveness is also a gift that we not just receive from God to be released from shame, but it is a gift that we give to others who have sinned against us so that we can be released from pain and hurt of that sin. So, just as we have been forgiven, Jesus tells us to forgive one another. And it's not just for the other person's sake. It is for our sake that we forgive. Not only does God want us to know that we are forgiven by him, so we are released from our shame and guilt, but he wants us to forgive others who have sinned against us so we can be released from the pain and the hurt and the offense that was taken. Otherwise, that pain and that hurt fester. It grows. It grows into bitterness. It grows into hatred. And it can even, even come out as revenge. And it destroys relationships. It destroys our soul and it can destroy our physical health. There is no other process for you and I to heal from sin done against us than the process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is the gift that God has given you for you to be released from shame and guilt. And it is the gift that God has called you to give others so you can be released from pain and hurt. If there's anybody that has hurt you, anybody that you're mad at, anybody that has disappointed you, I'm, I'm asking you to forgive as Christ has forgiven you so you can begin to heal from that hurt. It is the way for you to find healing and wholeness. And so there's three things I want to remind you. Number one, you are forgiven by God of all your sin if you've placed your faith in Jesus. Number two, you are free from sin's labels because you have a new identity. Your identity is no longer sinner, 
Your identity is now son, daughter of God. And number three, you can forgive others now because you have been forgiven by God. And when you forgive others, that's going to empower you to healing and freedom. So as I conclude, I want to read a couple of verses for you. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. So just as God has not counted this against us, he now gives us the same message to our brothers and our sisters that God will not count their sins against them. Neither will I. So as we have been forgiven, so we forgive one another. And that's the message that Christ has given us. And so Hebrews 10, 22 says this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. God has cleansed us. He has cleansed our guilty conscience. He has washed away our shame. He has tossed our sin away. He has removed it as far as the east is from the west. He's bagged it up, zipped it up, and tossed it into the depths of the sea. He has chosen to forget and not remember our sin any longer. So today, before we wrap this time up, I want to invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He's the only one who ever defeated sin, and he's the only one who can forgive your sin. And the good news is that God so loved you. Not only has he come for you, but he has paid for your sin and offers to you forgiveness, forgiveness of your sins. The Bible says if we call out on him, if we, if we place our faith in him, that he will forgive us and cleanse us from all of our sins. And so I invite you to make Jesus the Lord of your life right now, to place your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins and be set free and born again. If that's in your heart, pray this prayer with me and say, Jesus, today I come to you and I thank you that you love me and that you paid a debt of sin with your death that I could not pay for myself, that you love me so much that you came to pay for my sin, to forgive me and reconcile me in relationship with you. So today I place my faith in you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you that you love me, you died for me, you filled me with your life, and I am now your child. I'm all yours. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm excited for you that you have just place your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Keep growing in Him. If you need a Bible, get a hold of us. We'll try to get one to you. And I also want to just pray one more prayer over anyone who's watching. If you've been feeling a heaviness upon you, shame or guilt or regret or condemnation, I am telling you right now, that is an evil spirit that doesn't belong to you. You have been forgiven and you don't have to carry that burden any longer. I just want to pray in the name of Jesus for a release for you. So just join me in this prayer. God, I pray for my brother, my sister, my friend right now who's feeling uh, condemnation or guilt or shame over their sin or something that they have done, or just a, maybe a bitterness or an anger towards someone that has done something to them. And first of all, Lord, I just, 
I just pray for my friend, my brother and my sister right now, that they release the one who has offended them, that they forgive right now in Jesus' name. And now in the name of Jesus, I pray a release from the spirit of shame and guilt and condemnation over their heart right now in Jesus' name. That, they'll, that, that spirit of shame is broken and they experience your love and your acceptance and your peace and your forgiveness right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas to you and your family. It's going to be a great week celebrating the birth, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and celebrating His work of salvation for all of us who believe. If you can make it, we're going to have an awesome Christmas Eve service um, at 7 o'clock and we'll also be doing a Christmas Eve video service as well so you can enjoy that if you can't make it physically. But until then, God bless you. I love you. Uh, thanks for being a part of the Real Life family. Merry Christmas to you and your family.